0: What's up, everybody? This is Ahmed. And Luffy. And this is the Brotherly Love Podcast, episode 17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's good, bro? I'm chilling. I'm very tired. Yeah. I don't I don't really know why. But uh, we're shooting a little later than normal, too. Well, not even that. I guess because I just didn't really sleep well. Uh, I kept waking up in the middle of the night. Mm. Um, but I'm going to try to persevere through the day. Get a little workout in. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. All right, bro. Um, Let's hop right into it. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about uh Drake's new song, how he was talking about Louis Gucci and a you bunch of other- You can shop at Louis, shop at. Yeah. <laughs> I and, I was, and I was pretty What's much saying, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's a catchy song. But what I was saying pretty much was that uh my opinion is that people who like to purchase in those high brand areas- uh, uh, although they can have money and be rich, I don't think they're wealthy because they're just kind of spending money on like senseless things. That's my opinion. I feel like you can get those same quality shirts or bags or whatever you're trying to get at other retail places. But like I said, this isn't a
1: fact. It's just my opinion. Well, I mean, let's let's start off with this. You buying Louie, you buying Gucci, like, you got money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like,
0: but it's not, I don't know, well, maybe you, for you, me it's not useful for spending yeah. money.
1: Well, well, yeah, that's based off of your values. You know what I'm saying? Like, you buy stuff based off of how you mm-hmm. value it, right? But, like, even going to how you described it, you are like, you said people with money don't, you know, you differentiated, number one. Uh, being rich versus being wealthy. Luffy. Yeah, And then number two, you started talking about the quality of the goods that you could buy with those funds. Yes. So you're looking at it from a completely different angle than someone who's purchasing um, like a designer or a name brand. Now, granted, a lot of reasons like designer and name brand is expensive is because of the quality of the stuff. Hold on, hold on. Like okay. if you're talking about you're talking about like certain say in in the watch world right not now but like you know 10 years ago i was really into watches and i would be sitting online and reading about iwc and and omega and rolex and you know you read about them and you start to understand why this watch costs two three five thousand dollars it's because you know, this Portuguese date just like, you know, was handmade and, you know, you can see the mechanical movements and this and that. And like, there is a certain quality and like those items will last you a lifetime, right? Now, if you're talking about like Coach <laughs> or if you're talking about like <laughs> Coach, the brand like Coach. I don't know that brand. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of the brands. I don't know if it's like what it's considered exactly. I like, but I think it's higher end, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that a lot of ralph lauren you know i put in the same category like a lot of a lot of brands like that i feel like they get a lot of i'd put gucci like i mean i put to be honest i put most of the shit in that category like the modern i'll say this if normal people know the name of the brand you're wearing the brand is probably more valuable than the clothing that's true you know like if you like if you rocking like a 500 dollar Um, T-shirt, say for, I'm I'm just, you know. Supreme, that's exactly what I was thinking about. So when you said (laughs) high quality, I looked at you
0: weird because Supreme is quite literally Mm a $5 shirt, the logo, here is it for $500. They made bricks. Yeah. And it sold out. You know what I'm saying? So it's more so the brand. Five extinguishers. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, Yeah. So it's more so the brand than the clothing itself. Now. When you were speaking about brands that have high quality material or high quality value in terms of certain products, I agree. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for instance, handbags, watches, hats, you know, things that um, in a way are like accessories, I feel like they do have a lot mm-hmm. more quality than the clothing itself. Now, that doesn't go to say that, oh, every high end uh, place doesn't have good
1: quality clothing. I was I was gonna say like the, the like we need to make a differentiation. You know what I'm saying? Like, or there is a differentiation that you should make between the value of the brand versus the quality of the materials. Yes, right, and how each of those two things affects the pricing at the end that you pay and what you're willing to pay. Mm-hmm. So, like, there is a difference between like a a cheapo Filippo two dollars shirt. And a $20 shirt, sometimes you can find, like, a really big quality difference between those mm-hmm. two. Now, what is the quality difference between a $20 shirt and a $200 shirt? Uh, <laughs> you know, like, at a certain point, like, you you, you rely on the brand as opposed to the, the shirt. Now, going back to, like, Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren's a great example, right? Because mm-hmm. Ralph Lauren used to be, like, luxury class stuff, right? Is it not? Um, well, Ralph Lauren suffered and maybe is still suffering from what Gucci is currently suffering from, which is that their, their items have become mainstream. Now you can fight, you can argue the other, the opposite side of this. but, but Gucci's I'll,
0: mainstream or Ralph Lauren is no, mainstream? No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. Of the take I'm about to make right oh, now. Oh, okay. Like those brands are mainstream luxury brands, right? Okay. Which adversely affects their... Brand value, okay, meaning so, meaning mm-hmm. right, Tommy Hilfiger supposedly, supposedly, or allegedly, <laughs> you know what allegedly. I'm saying, allegedly, Tommy Hilfiger, like back in the day, it was like, yo, I don't want black people wearing my clothing, you know, whatever, because it, it diminishes the value when you see a bunch of like when hood niggas basically aspire to wear um Ralph Lauren, they diminish the brand, and you, you see that represented in the brand by them moving from no logos to small logo, to the fucking horse takes up three-fourths of the shirt, (laughs) right? And the reason being is because at a certain point, the the people who were buying it switched from buying it from a quality perspective, like, hey, this is a nice quality brand, to I'm buying this to flex on you broke niggas, right? And I need them to see what I'm wearing. So look at how big this logo is. I feel like, really wealthy people, right like they they wear the same white t- shirt you wearing, but their shit costs two hundred dollars you know what I'm saying, but it just looked like your your h and m five dollar t shirt you know where a rich person would have on a hundred and fifty dollar shirt, but it got a, a got a little logo in the corner, you know what I'm saying, or something down here that says Hugo Boss or something over here that says whatever I don't even know brands <laughs> you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. yeah then hmm uh in terms of
0: in terms of what you're saying about allegedly Tommy Hilfiger saying that that's actually not far out of reach i'm pretty sure recently in the past 2 years or so gucci was under fire possibly over the same thing mm-hmm. where they made of they might have said some racist remarks don't quote me cuz i'm not i'm not that involved in that kind of culture guys like i'm 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 just chilling But uh, From their perspective of Back in the day of Oh if black people wear this Then it's going to diminish the quality Because black people are seen as inferior In terms of their racist mindset Which I do not agree with whatsoever I can understand what they're saying
1: Um, But It's uh, I mean it's similar if you think about it In a way to like Dress codes and like establishments, like making dress codes and to give them like an out. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if I have a dress code, for instance, that now and this is oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me let me slow down. Before you
0: go into that, mm-hmm. I actually wanted to say so in terms of your theory, mm-hmm. what I believe is very similar is when a product becomes more mainstream the less, exclu- the less exclusive it becomes mm-hmm. right which inherently will lose its value of being the special brand mark i remember 10 15 years ago easy. Or so easy no Blue- yeezy oh yeezy oh okay like kanye yeezy mm-hmm. okay yeah even like yeezy uh these products were so high end that only the elite you know, quote unquote elite will have these kind of products. Like I remember going into to high school, I remember there's like three kids that wore Yeezys but everyone praised them like they were Yeezy. Mm-hmm. It, it was crazy. <laughs> it, like they're like, you have, do you have the Yeezys, bro? Like yeah, man, I ordered it online and like the first five minutes, man.
1: <laughs> okay, it's like I used the auto clicker to buy it. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it, and it's it's because they restricted the supply which created like more demand which well it yeah yeah it it did it did create more demand there was already a demand for it but then when you restrict the supply it creates this like aura of exclusivity it's like oh shit like you're the shit if you have this shit (laughs) you know what i'm saying that's what a lot of people do for merch like
0: when artists or uh creatives whatever it is, when they have a brand and they start making merch, they only make a limited supply. Let's say, for instance, 50, 50 hoodies. And they first say, oh, it's a flash sale. Um, and they'll say, oh, it's at a discounted price, even though it's not at a discounted price. That was the actual price. But in terms of your mind, it seems cheaper. So more people are like, oh, there's only 50 left. Like, I have to get it. I have to. And it's not like I have to. It's more so there is a, uh, a, a want to have that exclusiveness of that brand. Whatever like, brand you want to rep. That's kind of the
1: JCPenney model. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the exclusivity portion that you talked about, but mm-hmm. in terms of like jacking up basically the MSRP so that it looks What's like What's the MSRP? The basically the suggested retail price. Okay. You know. Um so it'd be like for instance, they'd put on the tag of the JCPenney shirt or jacket or whatever, $200, MSRP. And then they'd be like, "Um, then $200. Now, uh, $100. Sale, $50. And then you use this coupon code and you get it for $30. But really, no one ever bought that shit at $200, $100, or like the normal price is $30, <laughs> right? But they allow you to make you feel like you're getting a good deal. So like what J C JCPenney used to do, was like send out coupons in the mail. Oh yeah. All the time. I remember that. Yeah. And people would clip the coupons. And that was JC Penny's bread and butter. It was niggas who thought they were getting a deal because they're like, oh yeah, look, we can go to JCPenney and save money. We don't have to go to the high end shit, quote unquote Macy's. You know what I'm saying? When you when you're talking about like how working class people see the differentiation, it's like they're like, okay, we have a department store that's for us. Like it's a discounted place. What where they ended up fucking up, they got a new CEO, JC Penny. Mm. He came in and was like Why are we going through all these loops and jumps and shit? Like, let's just price it at $30 off jump. So that's what they did. They stopped their couponing. They started pricing everything at, quote unquote, like the normal price, like with no sales. And their business tanked. Yeah, tanked. And JCPenney now is like, you know, it's over. It's very, (laughs) very low bottom. It's so crazy that you say that because
0: in, I'm pretty sure is one of my marketing classes, we actually learned about that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I thought at first I thought it was just a random scenario the, scenario they make up in class, like oh this new CEO, and, and so I didn't really take it seriously. But when you were saying, I was like, wait a second, I remember. <laughs> yeah, they they did, this we, they did stopped. Yeah, this. we did a case study on. Yeah, we did a case study on this. Did We did a case study on this. Coca Cola, um, um, Apple, how the.
1: There, there was someone from Apple that. So you actually learned something in school, huh? I learned something in
0: school. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I 100% agree. paid where... hundred
1: thousand dollars to learn that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's crazy, it's crazy. Um, but no, I, throughout the years of being a marketing college student, one thing I learned about marketing it's just manipulation of the mind. Mm. Like it's so crazy how effective it is when you have the right niche audience. Like Let's, let's say for instance, JC they knew they were targeting lower class, like middle class to lower class income, you know, households. And they realized, okay, we could have it at this simple price of $30. Macy could, Macy's could do the exact same thing. But initially it seems like, ah, that might be a little too much for a shirt. But, if you do that little thing where you suggest suggestive the pricing, then uh, people are more inclined to be like, I want to get that shirt. I'm getting a discount. I'm getting a discount. So when people think of discounts, they think
1: of saving money. So that's why people do it. Exactly. And it's they so think crazy. Of, so they think, of, they think of I'm saving $170 instead of I'm spending, spending $30. $30. Yeah. Yeah. So human human psychology crazy. man is fascinating. Very there like, is actually loss aversion versus We've talked about this before I think. Loss aversion? Yeah, like remember I was telling you I think before I've talked about it on the podcast that humans one of our features is that we avoid losses more than we uh more than we gain joy from gains, mm. I guess you can say. So mm-hmm. our propensity our how we feel about losing, like we're more apt to try not to lose than we are to feel happiness from the gains that we get Mm. so you know we act more so out of trying to avoid losses than it is to further our gains Mm. that's really interesting Um, what was I gonna say Uh, um,
0: oh yeah so there was uh, this guy I forgot his name but apparently he's like the father of marketing this is back in the day when they were trying to Sell cigarettes to women. Now, back in the day, that was not seen as attractive at mm-hmm. all, right? So at first, they were just trying to sell it as like, oh, it's it's healthier for you. Well, it's better for you <laughs> when everyone knows it's not better for you. Mm. But what he did was like, hmm, okay, what's going on in history right now? There's a revolution for women. Women want empowerment. Mm. So what if we pretty much have it where, you know, Pavlov, where it was like the, the dog in the ring with the food and the salvation. Mm-hmm. What if we Have it where when someone thinks of cigarettes, they think of empowerment. Mm. Boom. And then it became a huge new era. What of, did they do? Did they
1: give like Rosie the, the cigarette? Yeah, they oh, gave Rosie the that, cigarette and she's smoking the, the cigarette. Riveter. For real. Oh, I, just, I, I just No, <laughs> I, I, I think it
0: was Rosie. It might've been Rosie or a different character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they gave like empowering women, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. cigarettes. Women on
1: the front lines of the, the women's liberation movement. Yeah, they
0: gave them <laughs> cigarettes. And so when they saw them do it, other women started doing Look it. Look at these strong and, and, women. Yeah, and they became a whole marketing tactic. And I'm like, whoa. Mm. So like- yeah, every time I'm on social media, every time I'm, like, just scrolling through something and I see how people are marketing their uh, uh their product or their brand, it's just real interesting because I dissect everything. I'm like, I can see where you did the colorization of here. Mm-hmm. I see what time you posted. You know, things like that. It's it's all, like, according to plan. Yeah.
1: No, no. I mean, people think this, this shit out. You know, it's yeah. not,
0: like, not thought out. <laughs> like- I mean, sometimes... Sometimes it is, but those are the rare occasions.
1: Sure, sure, sure. You know, even... Okay, yeah. Uh, what? I want to go, go back to the um, point I wanted to make about the... Oh, yeah, I am so sorry. No, no, that's fine, because we we're just <laughs> finishing this up, mm-hmm. you know? We had to finish this end so that we can address that end. That's true. Um, So... Private property rights. this is more of his alley but go ahead I'm interested no 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 so you know basically what I was trying to get at earlier is this idea of a dress code Mm -hmm. right and the dress code is used modern day as like a a gray area discrimination tactic right so Mm -hmm. and it's it's most evident at a club right Yeah. so you go to a club or a bar or something like that they're like hey we have a dress code you can't wear Sneakers. You have to wear, um, nice shoes like dress shoes (laughs) yeah dress shoes or something like that i don't even know how to i don't even know how to refer to them but no no no.
0: i'm saying it's stupid for that not you saying yeah no 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 yeah
1: so i get you i got you so like stuff like that right is like it creates exclusivity right because it's like oh everyone in here is dressed a certain way there's a there's an aura of exclusivity you have to wait outside before you can come inside a lot of restaurants do this right too like you go to they're like yeah you know um it's gonna be about a 30 minute wait meanwhile they have half the table inside empty you know what i'm saying oh yeah it's about a 30 it's because they want to create the impression another thing too is especially with clubs and bars when you see a lot of people outside, you wanna, which is crazy to me. Like, you see a lot of people waiting outside. People are like, "Damn, I want to go join that line of people." <laughs> like, Even though you don't know what it is, something like right? most this times could be, could be horrible inside, right? But it's like you see a line of people waiting you're for like, something. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Like I wanted to go there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, it's
1: like when black people, like when they see people running, they're like, "Yo, why, why are they running, bro? No, we bro, gotta run too.
0: Why bro, they running, <laughs> bro?" One hundred percent. I remember, I forgot when this was. This might have been when I was like. this Crack me?
1: Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, when I was performing uh, back in my senior year of high school, we would always perform in, like, downtown Richmond, And I'm pretty sure there was one time we I saw a couple of my friends running. So I started going with them. I'm like, yo, I don't so I start know. Running too.
1: You don't ask questions, <laughs> I don't ask buddy. questions. What's going on?
0: I don't know. We just keep yeah. it going. Yeah. But, um, no. That's why we don't die in the scary movies. Bro. No, we, we already know. What's up? Uh, that's why I agree with that as well. Like, when or. people go to clubs or even restaurants, I remember going to Olive Garden... I'm not sure when this was with you guys, but we went and there was like a 30 minute, 45 minute wait, and we waited. You mean, anytime you go to Olive Garden, yeah, <laughs> like, and like and you just wait, they and be then capping, bro, you you pass by and like <laughs> all these tables empty. But I also understand because it's not always necessarily about how many tables you have; it's about how many servers, servers and their capacity, and yeah, and
1: their capacity yeah, as well. Yeah, but at the end of the day. Come yeah, on, yeah, bro. yeah, come 100%. on bro like how much harder is it for you to wait on one more table like yeah, yeah, bro yeah, like yeah. It, the way I look I always look at it is like and this is the differentiation between um, like small businesses and big businesses too mm. right you pull up to a to a small business they do your shit immediately what do you need alright cool like they bend and there's no rules it's what do you want and let me see if I can appease you right like you say you want to get your tire changed you pull up to that shit in the hood they do it on the spot that's facts. Right. You want to get your tire changed. You go to one of these fancy ass, like corporate, corporate, you know, mechanic shop. You gotta schedule an appointment. And my nigga, I need my tire changed now, not next Tuesday at three. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So like there, there's there's certain levels of but then going back to the you know, before I go, dress code. Yeah, going back to the dress code, right? And now the dress code's dicey, right? Because on one hand, right, it does create this exclusivity thing, right, on the other hand, like, it, it has been used, you know, and I'm not even gonna say it can, like, it has been used to, like, discriminate against certain groups of people, like, you know, being blunt, black people, right, like, bro, you go to a lot of, like, clubs and bars, like, they have an unspoken rule with the bouncers and management of, like, yo, you only allow in a certain number of black people, you know, it's like, once you read, like, you know, we can let black people in, you know, that's how most places are. It's like, you know, they're like, we can let black people in, but like, once it gets to a certain number of black people, we like, we start denying. That's really interesting. I never knew about this. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's real. Like now, now thankfully for me, like I've never been like when I've been dressed properly, I've never been denied entry into a place like while I've been dressed you know what i'm saying and then they skip me and go to some other group of people now and and I, it, that's happened before but it's never happened because i was a black male it's happened because i was a male now bouncers do that shit all the time right they'll be like hey uh there'll be a group of girls they'll just walk up to the you know to the front you know looking whatever you know look at the bouncer I, you know, let them three, four of them girls into the whatever. And from a business perspective, it makes 100% sense. You have all these thirsty ass niggas waiting outside the club to go talk to those three, four girls, you know, who just walked inside. So, like, it makes sense to let them in, but at the same time, it's discriminatory, right? Like, I was here first. It doesn't matter that they're a woman with big tits and a nice ass. Like, I'm a dude. I'm up here. Like, <laughs> like that's how this shit's supposed to work. It's a line, right? And, like, and this is where I'm saying it gets, it gets gray area, right? Because... If I have a business and I'm like, yo, only only white people or only black people are allowed to come shop in my business. Well, this is a private business, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Think about the masks policy. Like, yo, like I can tell someone like, yo, get the fuck out my store. You're not wearing a mask. Right. I could tell someone, yo, get the fuck out my store. You're not wearing a shirt or shoes. You don't get service. Right. You're not wearing a mask. You don't get service. Like I could tell you like you like you could put in your mind to a Now, now. Those might be protected classes and, like, you're not allowed to discriminate in that way. But, like, all protected classes mean, in my opinion, is, like, if you get caught, <laughs> right? At the end of the day, like, it's a private business. I could be, like, oh, yo, I don't like your shirt. I don't even got to give you an excuse or a reason. I could just be, like, uh, you got to leave. <laughs> like They're, like, why? And I'm, like, because I'm the owner and I said get the fuck out of my store. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, well, two things. One, uh, I saw a TikTok um, and... These these two dudes enter the store. I'm pretty sure it was like a fast food establishment. One of them wasn't wearing a mask. And I think they're about to be like around closing time. It was around like dark time or so, nighttime. And the manager literally grabbed him yeet, and just like threw him out the store. Because like, you know, he wasn't wearing a mask. And I'm yeah. like, Although, yes, I was like, you could have been like, hey, can you move? <laughs> can you leave? <laughs> like, imagine you just go into a store and you completely forget. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to wear a mask. Yeet, get out. But the second thing, uh, in terms of the the ratio, I've, I've learned throughout uh, times of going to parties or going to events, you have to have, and it's unfortunate that it's like this. Oh, women with you. You have to have women with you. You can't, you know... Pull up with your boys and that's it. <laughs> pull up six niggas deep. Yeah, to the party like, like, like what are y'all can doing? we
1: Come in. It's like, like no, 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 why? Like, because so y'all can hit on all the girls. Like. Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> there's no value. Not there's no value. Are you
1: saying dick has no value, my nigga? Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, there is less
0: demand of men in the club. And there is more demand of women in the club for the simple reason that, like you said, there's a lot of thirsty dudes trying to go in and slide up on some girls like, Ayo, what's good? You know what I'm saying? And get and
1: get the number. Can I can I just push back one thing, though, to be honest? okay, it does not happen often. Okay, But if there's too many women at at a party, that is a problem as well. I've never seen that in my life. I have before. Really? And it's, yeah, that's an, that's just, I don't want to say it's just as bad as, of an issue, mm. but it is pretty much just as bad of an issue. Like, you need to have some semblance of a ratio. Now, here's the thing is that most women, I'm assuming, if it was like 80-20, they'd feel really uncomfortable, right? Like, say it was they walked into a club, it was 80% dudes in the oh, club. Oh, yeah, they would they, all leave. Yeah, they would feel uncomfortable, right? Most dudes, you walk in, if it was 20%, dudes 80% girls you'd you'd probably be on the phone with your homeboys like my nigga come through right now Uh, I found the gold mine (laughs) right or you or you'd be be like yo bro you better shut your ass up you don't say shit we we just gonna be chilling here like don't don't say shit like yeah like but at a certain point too right when it flips over Mm. like then then um, the dudes can start to feel uncomfortable with how many women are there. And not just that, right? We're looking at all this from the dudes' perspective. Yeah. Right. And I mean, f- flip it. In a scenario where there's 80, 90% women, right, at a party. How do you think they feel at the party? You know what I'm saying? Because, yes, people go out to have fun, but people have different definitions of fun. There might be a good number of women there looking for something. You know what I'm saying? Why are they at a party? <laughs> like, yes, people can go out to have fun. I'm not arguing. But. you could just. They, but why? Yeah, like. But so there's there's a large number of those women who are going to be like, "Where are the niggas?" So I could throw this shit back. <laughs> you know, like.
0: Yeah. uh yeah, Or
1: at least so they can look. That's the that's an underrated thing. Sometimes yo, sometimes it's just the ambiance. Like I just I just want to be around beautiful people and just look.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said, Not I've never I just been look in, the mirror if I in a situation where... You're wack. <laughs> I've never
1: been in a situation
0: where it was, you know, way more girls than guys at a, at a party or a function. Usually it's like, you know, 50-50. It's mm-hmm. a good good even ratio. Usually, usually yeah. Yeah, usually it's at it's a good even I've ratio. I've been before. Yeah. Been, yeah. Um, but in terms of, I guess, going to the club or going to parties, one thing I've learned... Uh, You don't choose the women. They choose you.
1: Isn't that always in life, bro?
0: (laughs) No. How so? Because in life, we're always taught, especially as young adults, you know what I'm saying? When you're growing up, it's always told that, you know, you have to chase the woman. And I'm not saying they're chasing us in any kind of way whatsoever. Um, But we're always taught that you have to make the first move. You have to da 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 but sometimes women don't want that they just want to have their own peace and that's perfectly okay you know what I'm saying sometimes they want to be with their homegirls and well, just chill
1: well, well are we saying chase or choose alright choose let, yeah, right, yeah, because, let, me, let, me, let me change it cause and then, and then we can change the word chase to maybe pursue but like men men do pursue women right like yeah. that's like fundamentally like mm-hmm. you know man hunter women <laughs> like, you know I man <laughs> <Men>, hunter women <laughs> yeah. yeah like you know like Fundamentally, yeah, men pursue women, but women choose the men that they want. It's them to pursue you know it's like facts. it's like the girl kind of has to open the door for you to walk through it like you got to walk through that shit but, but she you gotta, can't
0: bust it down yeah
1: but she got to open that the door up like you're not coming in breaking all the shit off the, the nah. hinges like nah, yeah you know what i'm saying because most of these girls like fort knox like you're not getting close to that Mm-mm. shit bro. Like, no they have, they no, have to they, have to peek they, they, they the to peak they see you coming from across the street they be like no nigga i have a boyfriend you're like I didn't even say good morning to you yet. Like, it's like, thank you. Bye.
0: It <laughs> sounds like a long beach Griffey video. Shout out long beach Griffey. That oh, man is, is, I is, I saw one of his videos this morning, actually. Hello. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like how the government's playing the pandemic. Uh, and it was in the, the eyes of like, imagine all like big corporation. it's like, all right, how should we how should we plan this every four years is always a big you know disease or a virus that's going around how should we make this so big like they're not taking it seriously and and then everyone's like saying like actual realistic ideas they're like nah, nah 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 and then he's like what if we shut down disneyland everyone's like oh oh hold on hold on he's on to something no no, no. what if we shut down the nba oh whoa you <laughs> know and, and, and it, it was hilarious um nah but like, like i said uh yeah, I 100% believe that, you know, inherently men are supposed to pursue women. They're supposed to be the ones who, although when the woman shows interest and she'll open the door, that's what I've learned. Women don't always have to shoot their shot, although I prefer they do. They just kind of give you the alley-oop. Mm-hmm. You have to slam dunk it. Yeah, you know you have the choice to slam they dunk it. They are they
1: are John Stockton of the dating like, <laughs> like women, Steve Nash, like Rayon Rondo, like they got you with the nice assist. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like the most perfect job, like, assist. <laughs> you know, but you got to leap for that shit and dunk it. Yeah, you gotta you, know, like, you gotta
0: see what it is. Yeah, and you like,
1: gotta be running the floor with them. Like
0: I remember this happened like a week ago. I was driving and it kind of just hit me in the face. It was just like this one girl, like like I, that I know. I was like, hey, yo, she was flirting with me. I was
1: like, wow. You get that realization. Yeah, like. and it was
0: like five months, six months after.
1: I'm like, damn, bro. Shorty, baddie," but it's yeah. all good. It's all good. It, it is. It's, it's cool. Like, And that's the thing with flirting, right? It's like the flirting is the line between friendliness and, like, romance, mm-hmm. like, you're flirting between those lines, you know, like you're going back and forth. Blurred lines. Yeah, these blurred. Well, that sounds about something a little different. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, it it is it is like it would be nice if if people in general, right, could be more direct with their intentions, right? Because there's the negative side of flirting, which is called be called being a flirt, which is an, a negative connotation. Uh-huh. I'm a like an, I'm a flirt. <laughs> if someone calls you a flirt, like that can be a negative thing. Like That's that could true. be like, oh, you're interested in like talking, you know, but like nothing beyond like mm. this or like you're you just like to talk to a lot of different people and feel good about yourself like knowing subconsciously that these people are into you mm. without the commitment of or the the you not having the gall or having the balls, <laughs> you know, to like actually pursue this in any meaningful way. Yeah. You know. 100%. Uh
0: It's a it's an interesting thing that I'll often see um and this is for both men and women, non-binaries, you know. Well, being a flirt? Yeah, being a flirt, oh, yeah, like it, it's both, it's, it's, that's men yeah, and women. That's yeah, not, yeah. yeah that's it's not very, one very, gender at all. It's very normal because you know, people want to kind of test the waters to see what it is, but I do agree that people should be more direct with their intentions. Like one thing I've learned, older women, like women that are older than me or whatever, they let you know straight up what's up. Flat out, like they'll just let you know that this is what I want, this is what I'm interested in. Boom.
1: You know what you know what I think it is? I think a lot of people think that clarifying clarifying your intentions removes the curiosity and the excitement of flir- flirting that's true you know they feel like it's like you just came in raw like you just came in <laughs> just, you came in with the right hook like you, Hame. <laughs> yeah like you didn't warm up to this shit you know you weren't like feeling foreplay. it out yeah like flirting foreplay is the foreplay mind. yeah exactly bro foreplay I mean, flirting is foreplay. The thing online. is, you can still like, have that. And it exact. that's my point. Exactly. It's yeah. that older women realize that like, yo, we can still do this shit because this is fun, but we don't need to do this in doubt. Yeah. We can do this like in certainty pretty much by establishing what it is and then flirting. Like, like you should flirt. For instance, like if you got a girl, right, like you should flirt with your girl. Like, oh yeah. even if she's your girl, you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys have been dating for six months. Like, so what? Like, just because you have her doesn't mean that she'll always stay. You got to still show her that
0: it's yeah. Though, it's, a, it's the same attraction level that you had when you first met her.
1: Exactly. Cause like flirt- flirting and stuff is the same thing as like, it's the same energy as like being sexy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like people lose the sexiness factor in relationships. And part of that is because you've, probably fully exposed yourself already right now one Mm. of the things about sexiness is the fact that we don't see everything so our imagination has to play a role when you and this is part of the reason why we don't really respect people who expose themselves to many people because they've taken away the imaginative factor right like when my mind has to oh look at those jeans and you think about what's underneath those but if everyone walked around naked aka how you would see that person 10 seconds after having sex with them it becomes more normalized right like if there's someone who you've you know been having sex with say for a year right like the first time you guys, it was probably like real sexy and blah, blah, blah. Maybe the the last time it's just like, man, let's get this shit done and like go eat dinner and go the fuck to sleep. Like, you know, like it's a completely different vibe. Mm. I feel like part of that reason is because I've already seen everything. You've already seen everything. So people think they have the connection where it's like, uh, I can't, how can I be sexy? How can I reintroduce like the sexiness factor into a relationship? And part of it starts with you flirting with your partner you know what i'm saying like trying basically trying to like pick them up again Mm -hmm. you know in in a way and like honestly in my opinion at least like that's how you when people are like yo you know they change in a relationship and they become complacent in a relationship it's like this is the stuff that they're talking about this is part of the shit they're talking about it's like yo when when you first were dating you guys used to go out and like do fun shit and, like, maybe a small part of that was you trying to, like, impress or flex or whatever. But it's like, well, then you need to decide, like, is this person someone that I want to continuously impress and flex upon? You know, I not want to use the mm-hmm. word flex, but, like, kind of impress, I think, is a better word. Like, yeah. I would love if I was 20 years into a relationship with my wife and I'm still able to find ways to impress her, mm-hmm. you know, or if she, like, does the same for me. And I'm like, wow, like. Yo, I've known you for 20 years and you're still doing things like, you know, like either that are like thoughtful, meaningful in a way that like provokes my imagination and and curiosity when I feel like I already know everything about you. Mm. Like that sparks a level inside of you of like, oh, I don't know everything about this person and like I'm excited and happy to be with them, Mm. you know? So going back to your, I've been rambling now, so going back to your point (laughs) to cap it off, like... Flirting doesn't have to cease to exist just because you've clarified the Your intention. And I yeah. think a lot of older women know that, uh, especially because they've probably been in relationships, and that's probably why, like, they'll tell you straight up, like, like Jada told uh, August, like, "Yo, this is just sex."
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm currently reading a book, uh, and the title is kind of misleading, but I like it a lot the way of the superior man. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm only on like page 20 and I'm just like, wow, like the amount of gems that it's dropping, not only on improvements of my life, but improvements in relationship life, right? One thing, one mistake that I've learned from relationship life is that when two people come together, like I said in, in earlier podcasts, you don't come as one, you're two separate people. Now, with that being said, that means this we thing, it's only we, when it's helping both of you on your own personal lives. That's the only time, like that's the reason why people become uh, complacent because they create this whole bubble slash circle of, it's a we, 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 instead of, yeah, we're a thing, we're together, but I also have my own life, you also have your own life, And you are able to help and nourish each other in those realms. And I know you probably want to say something. No, I
1: was just going to ask you, like, do you know people who always refer to themselves as As we? We? (laughs) Yes. And it upsets me. They're like, yeah, we can't come. I was like, nigga, who's we? I didn't invite your girl. I invited you, you. nigga.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. Because when, like I said, when you create a world of we, it not only limits the amount of possibilities of new ventures and new possibilities of your own life, but it also makes you complacent in your romantic life where there's no spark, there's no excitement. It's just we, you know? So going forward, you know, whoever the next girl that I date, whatever, I have to keep in my mind that, yeah, it's a we, but I also have I and I mm-hmm. have my life as well. Mm-hmm. So that there's, there's going to be certain aspects you probably won't even know. Until later on in the relationship,
1: yeah, yeah, you know, like it's it's funny because like we're talking about kind of about complacency right now, mm. and but we started off talking about Drake, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And so like that's so it, crazy. It is, but like this is the connection. Is like mm-hmm. Drake. One of the things that I find most admirable about him is the fact that he's been pretty much at the top of the game for the past ten years, right? Pretty much since he. Came out like public, like you know. To- he said it on when to say when.
0: Five hundred weeks, I fill the charts with my pain.
1: Yeah, that's ten years. You know, that's 50, ten years like of being on the charts. Fifty-two weeks in a year, you know, that's just under ten years. Like, and he's he's right. Like, you know, best I ever had came out in 09. Yeah, you know, he had his mixtapes before them, but that was pretty the much the start of of, of Starlit Drake. Mm-hmm. And what I basically want to get is like we're talking about relationships and not becoming complacent in relationships right now. Relationship doesn't just signify. Ro- like romanticism, right? Mm. Ro- relationship is my relationship with myself, my relationship with my work, my relationship with God, my relationship with my brother, my relationship with my family. Like, there's a million different relationships, a connection. right? So Drake's relationship with his work, or Drake's relationship with his fans, or whatever. How, or I mean, more, more. I guess more accurately put, his work. Mm-hmm. How has this man been at the top of his game? Like he you know you can say oh he's fell off here he got a little complacent here how do you think he's been able to to keep longevity that's the word mm. the longevity of his relationship like he's been at the top of the game for 10 years now
0: i think it goes back to like what we were saying success yeah i think it goes back to what we we're saying earlier it's the brand mm. the uh, the brand that drake has created is so phenomenal like bro ovo Everyone knows who OVO is, you know what I'm saying? People rep Drake to the death of them for the simple fact that when Drake drops new music, oh, it's all over Twitter. Like when Drake announced he's dropping an album, I forgot the title of the album uh, recently, but when he dropped that music video uh, with the baby, <laughs> he knew. It's like this, like, yeah, baby. baby. <laughs> like he knew, and he always knows what, when he drops music, everyone stops what they're doing and is like there's new drake. It's very similar to there's new Kendrick, there's new Cole because of the brand that they built of and you know people can say oh Drake fall off on this area. Oh he might be too complacent. I don't care what you say. Drake is definitely top 5 artist of of like of our generation. You know what I'm saying? Like like this and it's not even all oh, the the numbers. It's like you he was able to be on the charts for 500 weeks.
1: Okay, so the, and that's what I'm trying to that's mm. what I'm trying to say is like take someone like Rihanna, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Rihanna's top. Rihanna was has been top, and for, she hasn't uh, dropped an album in so long. Exactly, and that's that's what I'm trying to say is that like how like what is it that Drake is doing different mm. that he's able? And I'm not talking about maintaining stardom, right? Because mm-hmm. Rihanna, of course, still stardom levels yeah. and everything. How has this man been able to continuously drop bangers for the past decade?
0: You know, like there's a science to uh, making a quote-unquote hit song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we, or can, a we can formula.
1: Yeah, we can talk about like the, you know, you got to get this beat and then do this this you know flow or whatever. But if it's if it's so scientific and and formulaic like how why hasn't anyone else been able to solve the equation mm. that's a really good question um maybe with drake do you think well here's a, another question mm. do you think people like just burn out doing top level work for after so long like do you think that it's feasible for someone to just like a a, a star basketball player right Michael Jordan today at 40, 50, whatever years old would whoop, 99% of people still whoop their ass at basketball. He would, you know what I'm saying? Like, no question about it in my mind. He's not at where he was, but he's still like at that, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you you think that there's like a just a natural place where like you peak for a while in like your, in your domain and then after a while you're like, I just need something different and you switch it up. I'm not too sure, you know, because
0: some people will argue that with a lot of artists, even with, you know, Kendrick, which personally, I don't think Kendrick has ever made a bad album. Mm -hmm. I think he like every album he's ever dropped has been amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even some people are like, oh, damn, wasn't ah, it was okay, (laughs) bro. Damn was an instant classic. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? So for some people, they can say, you know, there's a certain peak for certain artists and that could be true for specifically certain artists because you can hear in their discography that's like, ah, uh, they kind of got complacent. They're talking about like, you know, there's something really new or there's nothing really fresh or you don't, you don't there's something for them that's evolving, right? And I think that's a big factor for Drake. Drake, since '09, like imagine when Drake dropped Best I Ever Had, 2010 was Take Care and then so on and so on. He was able to prove himself year after year, of being like, I can make not only great quality music, but the brand that I rep and that people love is continuously growing. I think that's the reason why, you know, that science formula isn't always working for everybody else. It's for the simple fact that, hey, it could it could possibly be a great hit song, but if you don't have the branding, if you don't have the type of um, marketing tactics that Drake has, or, you know, or at least the uh uh capability to be consistent because even drake said on when to say when you can drop like uh what was it drop one hit i dare you to do that shit again drake has dropped hits for 10 years and that's the thing that people kind of undermine it's like yo drake is able to it like and like let's
1: let's let's mm-hmm. let's let's bring up something that i didn't clarify i guess right mm-hmm. like we're talking about how do you continuously have success and not grow complacent right we never really define what this success mean. What is different it, for everybody? What does it look like? You know, like I was thinking right now as as you were talking about Akon, right? Okay. And like Akon it. was big like 15 years ago, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But the man still makes music today. It's not maybe his main thing that he's doing, but he just released the remix to whatever, like a couple weeks ago with Takashi, right? To yeah. Locked Up with Takashi. It's like what does success mean for him? You know what I'm saying in 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 different re- like in that regard with his work. Has his work just evolved to encompass a lot of different things and that's why he's able to still define himself as successful. That's that's what I was going to touch upon where the same thing with Rihanna, yeah, same thing with the Acon, Fenty Missy beauty Elliot, line. Yeah.
0: There's easy easy there's there's more than just the music and that's similar mm-hmm. to Drake. I don't think Drake is Shut up and dribble. Yeah that's a stupid statement. Like even like LeBron James I would say in terms of NBA like history, he is one of like the most prominent figures that not only does NBA but does other ventures as well so that his family is not rich but wealthy. Mm-hmm. Like we said Drake is wealthy, Rihanna is wealthy, Akon is wealthy. All these people are wealthy because they realize, "Oh, I'm not just a producer, I'm not just an engineer, I'm not just a music artist." I can have other, this is just one avenue. You know, I can have multiple avenues. And that's the reason why I think Drake has been consistent. Rihanna has been consistent. Missy Elliott has been consistent is for the simple fact that they've realized their worth. Ah, oh, there it goes. <laughs> there we go. I think it's because people realize their worth and they take it way more seriously. Because I was even driving uh, back from, from our local like grocery store right next to us. And I was just thinking, I was like, because I found a video of myself performing three years ago. March 8th, 2017, the exact date. Uh at Hofheimer in downtown Richmond. I remember it exactly. It was mm-hmm. a great night. But that was I like the, that spot. Yeah, it was a dope spot, right? Did you do the rooftop or where? Nah, it was when you go up the stairs, it's like right in that section. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was just thinking, I was like, yo, that was three years ago. What have I done since then? Mm. And I was actually able to sit down and be like, I am so fucking proud of myself. The amount of consistency I had throughout the years. Even when things were going left and things weren't going right in my corner, I still maintain a consistent effort and believed in my dreams. Three years ago, I was, I I felt personally, I was like the underdog of the scene. Now I feel like I'm popping, not popping because, oh, I made a hit song and, ah, you know, cool. No, it's because I've been consistent. Like you can, you can see I have work that has been shown to prove over and over again, like, yo, he's constantly getting better. At what he does, and I think that's what it is when you have the passion, and when you take it seriously and you don't allow outside voices to enter your domain, it flourishes one hundred percent.
1: I agree, I agree, bro. the consistency is key
0: hundred percent bro it's crazy you
1: know you know what's interesting. I was thinking about when you were talking about like these people they realize that. I'm not just an athlete. I'm not just an artist. I'm not just a producer or whatever. It's like they realized this and then embodied who they really were and found even greater success in that. But yet we all just walk around like, oh, I'm an accountant. What do you do? I'm an engineer. Oh, what do you... And you spend your whole day, oh, I'm just a teacher. Oh, I'm just a... We, like, so normally stick to to one domain of our lives, right, but are inspired by these people who embody their full selves, and we know that that, in and of itself, is what allows them to be so successful, but we don't connect the dots and we just look at our own life like, oh, you know, I'm a, oh yeah, I'm coming back from another 12-hour shift, I'm a nurse, that's what I do. You know, it's like, well, what do you do for the other 12 hours?
0: I'm learning to remove The word "just" not only does it bring down confidence, but it limits the amount of abilities that you have. When you say, "Oh, I'm just a," bam, you already lost. Mm. You feel me? And like I would always say that, but no, I'm not just a music artist. I'm a music artist. I'm an engineer. I'm a podcaster. I'm a I'm a marketing and you know you know uh strategist. There's a lot of things that I do that you know you have to understand and then that's why i say like for a lot of artists have you ever noticed like when artists are first up and coming you know what i'm saying they're they're learning the the industry they're they're trying to figure things out but that one hit song that they have is a instant 180 their whole image the way that they present themselves uh uh the artistry level is crazy right for the simple fact that they saw it way more as just music it's this is my passion so if i'm able to explore other avenues of my life that can better me not only will it elevate my music but it elevates my mental as well and every time in the in the universe works mentally you feel me the more that you work on your mental the more that things just start happening to you yeah and, it, and it's so like you're like huh like you didn't yes. even think about it but it happens for a reason that's why you know some people are like oh wh- how did they get so big on twitter how they how they get recognized by so and so a-list celebrity well, there's your answer. Yeah. They use the universe. They're, you know you, they use the universe mentally.
1: You know like writing or doing anything creative, especially if you think about like stand-up comedy. I like that's an easy one for me to look at. Mm. For you to do a stand-up comedy bit, for you to write something, for you to to publish any creative works, you have to go live life. Like, all these songs that people hear about, like, heartbreak and stuff, why do you think it resonates so much with you? Is because the nigga singing it went out there, got into a relationship, he was heartbroken, and he put his feelings into the, the thing. You know, if you don't live your life, you have no reason to, like, nothing to outlet if you don't have stuff, like, that you're building up, you know? And, like, when you watch and see, like, Drake and he's doing you know, over here and he got this going on over there and, you know, or you, all these people is like, that's what provides the inspiration. Like if a, if a stand-up comic didn't go out to eat dinner with his family on some mundane shit, then he wouldn't have an interesting bit to talk about later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, you know, going to what you're saying, like talking about like, yo, people like saying, I'm just this, I'm just that. Like that's something else people need to do is they need to stop, pigeonholing people into those positions one of the first things people ask you all the time I'm sure what do like, you do what do you do my response almost every single time I laugh and I'm like I do a lot of stuff <laughs> like, that's what I tell them they're like what do you do I'm like huh I was I like I, 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 do, I was like I do a lot you know I'm like where do you where do you want to start because and part of the reason I give a shitty answer is because you asked the shitty question mm. you know what I'm saying like like you you're just generally you're just throwing out a wide fish now oh what do you do because you want me to give you something simple, clean, whatever. When I would honestly try to answer that question, I get real anxiety. Mm-hmm. I remember. And I think I've told this story before. I think you told me a bit about it. The girl um, who, who asked me, like, what do I do? No, I don't remember that. Oh, OK. This is like a couple years ago, mm-hmm. You know, maybe like two years ago now. Um, I went out and like I was talking to this girl and she was like, yeah, so like, what do you do? And like, in that moment, right? Everything was cool, bro. Like, I'm chilling. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, the second she asked me that, like, I got so much anxiety and anxiousness because I was like, oh, you know, well, I'm, um, uh, you know. And then like, I ended up telling her, like, you know, I work in real estate, and whatever. And, like, she was like, oh, cool. And, like, you know, she had a couple questions about it, whatever. After that day, like, I realized because, like, I always look back. I try to think back on, like, why I feel certain things. I'm like, why did I feel anxiety? I was thinking about it a lot. And I was like, yo, part of the reason is because I never clarified what it is that I'm doing. Mm. So after that moment, I started putting into my daily affirmations. I say what I am. So I wake up. When I wake up, like it's one of the things I'm like, I am a developer. I am an athlete. I am a writer. I am a giver. I am a lover. I am a philanthropist. You know, I I just I have a bunch of stuff. I just throw it in. I just say, I am this. I am that. I'm I'm a reader. I'm a I'm an author. Like shit, Nani. I'm not. I didn't author shit, right? <laughs> but if I tell myself I am this, I'm. I feel more confident and comfortable telling other people this. And the more I say and believe it subconsciously, the more likely I am to act in that manner as well, right? It's like the idea of like, oh, go ahead, king. Go ahead, queen. It's like why do you think bro- nation of Islam calls people brother and sister? It's because subconsciously, if I call you my brother, how can I hurt you? Mm. If I call you my sister, how can I do you wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's something to all this stuff about saying the right words. And I always used to be one of those people who was like, yo man, like why are people so sensitive with the words that they use? And you know what I'm saying? I understand. Words hold power. <laughs> because words hold power. And like, it's, it's this hard contradictory truth of life where it's like on one hand, you need to be strong in, in and of it yourself that other people's words don't necessarily have the influence to sway you from what you know but you do need to take other people's words into consideration because they have a different perspective than you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, there's a lot of these, these contradictory truths. But once I started telling myself like, yo, I am a developer, you know, like that was one of the, that was the first thing I say is I am a developer. Then I say like a whole bunch of the other ones bro. my business started blowing up, you know what I'm saying? From that point. And when I look at it now too, that's the, that's the funniest thing is I always, people come to me to ask a bunch of questions about real estate and development And like, it's funny because all my answers, they seem like a lot of times I try to give people practical advice so they can actually go go do this and that, whatever. But the thing is, I know like me personally, I know deep down because I've seen a lot of people do this shit or try to do this shit. Better put. There's something to the success like that you're not picking up on and it's not. The fact that I had a wholesaler or I had this specific agent or I got to use this worker. Yeah, I can hook you up with all that shit and you'll probably still fail because you're there's some things that you're missing. Like personally, you know, when you talk about like working on yourself so that you can do the work or do the right. It's more
0: than just music.
1: Yeah. Like you have to go out. And build yourself up as a person so that, you know, going back to writers and stuff, like build yourself up as a person so that you have something to outlet. You know, like you have to take on the burden of the world so that you can shoulder it off on your on your music. It's very similar. uh... That's why I be telling people, yo, don't worry about like finding the money. I tell them, like, yo, go go find a deal and you'll find the money. They'll be like, well, where, where am I gonna get the money? I'm like, nigga, don't worry about it. Go and like, and they don't trust that, right? But they don't realize that that's literally how I bought all my houses. It's a similar I didn't have the, statement. You think I had 50 grand just sitting in my account? No, mm-hmm. I found a good deal, and then I went to someone who had 50 grand in their account. And was like, let's do this together. It's a similar statement to uh
0: to Donald Glover back in his earlier days of uh his career he was saying like, I get this question all the time. And it's actually very relevant to me as well. Now, like, it's always crazy listening to music that I listened to when I was like 14 or 15 and hearing it, I'm like, oh, that applies to my life right now. It's Mm -hmm. so crazy. So one thing he was saying is that people come up to me all the time and say, yo, where do you make beats on? How do you engineer? What do you like, you know, how do you, what kind of camera do you use? And he's like, what are you doing differently that I can't do? And what he said was it's simply because you just don't want to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's very true. It's like when people look at me and you or you and I proper <laughs> doing our podcast or me uploading clips of uh, my freestyles or me like constantly just posting stuff. Everyone's like, yo, how are you, you know, how do you do this? And da-da-da-da-da. it's like, bro, it's because I want to do it. And I have the faith and the uh, the passion of, I know myself now. There was a point in my life four years ago or so, I didn't know myself, but now I'm in a position where I know myself and I know my worth. So, yeah, I can get a job and make this money, da 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 da. So that's why when people say, oh, you need an internship and you need to, no, fuck that. I don't care about that. I'm making my own brand. You know what I'm saying? Like five years from now, bro, popping. Like, I'm going to be good because I laid the
1: bricks down. Mm. Spot on. I, I can't even contribute, yeah. bro. I can't even, <laughs> it's spot, that's, that's exactly how I feel because that's literally it. It's like every property that I buy, people ask me. They're like, oh, who do you use for an agent? Oh, who do you use for a lender? Oh, who is your workers? Who I was like, I'll give you all of that information. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'll give you from A to Z, I'll open my whole book. I tell people, I'm being oh my serious. Here I, you go. Bro, in terms of transparency, I tell people, I'll tell them exactly how much money I paid for shit, how much money I, and it does not matter. It doesn't matter because they're not going to put in the work. Mm. I learned that really early on with, when I saw how Baba ran his business because mm. people would come into the office, bro. When I was young, I'm talking about like, I was like 14, 15 like I'd go to the office sometimes, and like I'd see other people there, and like I'd hear, and like this man's telling them all this stuff about our business. Like he's like, you do this so you can sign up, and he's in li- like in his business, he's creating competitors. You know what I'm saying? Because there li- there's a set pool of people you can transport. So he's like, he's creating competitors. I'm like, I'm t- I'm asking him like, why are you doing this? He was like, it doesn't matter. He was like, I'm telling you out of the goodness of my heart. He was like, but I know you're not gonna do it. Mm. <laughs> Like, that's a gem. He was like, he's he like, you're not gonna build what I built, like, because yeah. you don't have the same drive that I did when I built this shit. You don't have yeah. the same why. Mm. You know, your why is weak. That's facts. Yeah, that that that's just a
0: great episode. Yeah, we, we just need to leave off that. <laughs> yeah, just leave off that. All right, yo, it, it's it's Ahmed and Luffy, and this is the Brotherly Love Podcast. Thank you guys for listening.